This episode of the podcast is brought to you by HardcoreHusky.com, covering Washington Huskies football with message boards full of debauchery and childlike wonder. Folks who are well-known in cyberland and not that dumb, except for our little fudgy who is wrong about everything. So come join the gang and register today for free at HardcoreHusky.com. And now it's time for the show. Well, on a balmy evening by Seattle standards, the Washington Huskies hosted the UCLA Bruins last night. Quite simply, the Dogs lost 24-17, to and frankly speaking, if UCLA coach Chip Kelly had kept pounding the rock instead of getting too cute with the play calling, the Bruins could have won rather easily, yes, 34-17, to something like that. So the Huskies are now 1-2 and two in the very weak Pac-12 conference while failing, falling to 2-4 and four overall, and I'm joined as always by my two co-hosts, Joey Dangerously and Willie Duke, and guys, we're at the halfway uh, mark of the season and it's the season's really kind of turning into a long slog. And uh, Wooly, we'll start with you. What's what's going through your mind the morning after uh, a twenty four seventeen loss to UCLA? I mean, it's really just like not even as painful as it could be because it was just such a sad, ugly, quick game. It kind of felt like you sat down and the game was over and. Season's over and life is over and everything's over. Uh, that's it. Everything's over. We're not. We're not debating. You know, eleven to one or nine and three. Now it's three and nine or two and ten. Yeah, that was probably one of the more boring, nondescript games I've been to in a long time. It just kind of flew right by. There was no. Um. No real memorable plays besides a a snap by Wattenberg that I don't I don't know if you could I don't know if you could re I don't know if you could recreate again if you tried. That was so so bad. Um yeah, that 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 was just a weird like here let's just uh take our loss, uh let's get it over with quickly. Let's not do anything uh not do anything uh crazy and then let's get ready for Arizona on Friday. <laughs> that was the weirdest uh just lame, pathetic game I I can remember in a long time. Where it never felt like they were gonna win the game at all. No. The game even felt like they a were wet tied. Mop. Yeah, even when they were tied it was like it was like uh UCLA's just gonna score. DTR looks like the Heisman candidate, and then they'll, they'll just score. Even though he like passed for like 180 yards, but it was like it was like he's not going to throw an interception, of course, against the Huskies. Can't do it. Well, and then he's like 21. I, I don't have it in front of me, but I'm doing this off of memory. But he's he was 21 <clears throat> out of 27, I think it was, and he and he had two passes at least that he threw away on purpose. Um. And he is not—he's um, not a bad quarterback, but there's nothing special about him. He's very mediocre, and um, you know what are you going to do? And and they, you know, they were averaging uh, what were they? What were the Bruins averaging there? Six yards a carry or something like that. Um, every time they went straight at us, it was just like the parting of the Red Sea, and it was. Um, and, you know, whether they were doing misdirection uh, um, trap or if they were just going straight off tackle uh, or that kind of delayed QB draw thing they were doing, everything was working. And, and um, 
I, we were texting you guys. We were three of us were texting during the game, and <clears throat> I was saying on multiple occasions there. I didn't understand why why Chip Kelly was getting so creative with the uh, with the play calling because he didn't really have to. Um, and and really, when it was uh, tied seventeen all in the fourth quarter, it didn't have to be. Uh, didn't have to be. So, um, you know. We're at the halfway point now, and it's uh, we're two and four. I don't think we're going to go two and ten. And, and uh, Willie, you were just saying it's a matter of whether we go two and ten or three and nine. And I'm guessing at this point we're going to go four and eight. We're going to we're going to beat somebody else. We'll beat Coog or something like that. Um, but it's it's just uh, it's just a, a wet mop of a season. It's just uh, it's no good. And and you know. Going forward in regards even to the context of the show, I don't know even how much it's worthwhile for us and our listeners to even try to dissect what happened or if we want to step back and and spend 15 minutes talking about just the big picture. Uh, What do you guys think? I think that uh, the staff is, I don't know, the staff is going to be – completely redone this year. I don't I don't see anything happening overnight, but this is uh that was like not a that didn't look like a very well coached team, but it didn't look like a poorly coached team last night. It just looked like a below average football team with not as much talent to beat other teams which is not something we should have, you know, based on, you know, if you buy into recruiting and, you know, practice reports and all this stuff. But, I mean, some of the some of the defensive statistics was, like, really alarming. You know, there's two tackles for loss as a team and zero sacks. Like, that's really – bad. <laughs> You're getting no production from a defensive line standpoint and uh the linebackers aren't aren't doing much. I mean that was a really just pathetic outcome by them. Yeah, it's I mean I think the overall yeah, I mean breaking down the game doesn't make too much sense to me because uh, there's not really much to say. I mean, uh, other than they gave up only 24 points, but it felt like they never stopped them weirdly the whole game. <laughs> uh, yeah. With yeah, to me it's I think kind of like this was in the bigger picture. You know, going into this game, you're like they have a bye week. Uh, they have one Pac-12 loss. If they're going to turn it around, this is probably where it starts. You know, I don't think many. Uh, hardcore Husky fans thought that, you know, this was when they were going to turn around. But the possibility was there. You know, UCLA was not that good. They're pretty average. Uh, you know, they don't really have any special players. And they were Huskies uh, were somehow favored, you know, by one point going to the game. They're like, this, they're going to turn it around, I think, under this staff this season in any form, you know, of winning like a terrible Pac-12. It probably had to start last night and they did not and it was uninspiring and you have to wonder now is the team going to quit or not like you that's a big question to me now is will they quit in kind of a usc fashion where you know usc has 
more talent than the Huskies, but they're getting blown out by, you know, Oregon State and Utah at home. So they kind of confirmed to me, you know, bigger picture, they're not they're not even turning it around in an ugly Pac-12 and probably confirm that, you know, it, it, it's only going to get worse from here and it depends on how bad it's going to get. Well, and let's look at um, that athletic article where Christian Capel interviewed athletic director Jen Cohen during this past week. <clears throat> and from my point of view, as in I stated this on the boards at Hardcore Husky, um, uh, I stated it in Sway's Wigwam, so not everybody saw it, but it was very much, it was pathetic. And, and Jen Cohen, to be blunt, she sounded like uh, an overweening mom that was making excuses for her son. And all the stuff about how he's a he's evolving and he's learning so much and he's in a, we hired him because he's an elite recruiter and an elite developer of talent. And then you combine that with the uh, the TV broadcast last night when uh, color commentator Spencer Tillman uh, he referred to Jimmy Lake as a defensive genius among other things. He also compared Dylan Morris to Drew Brees, by the way. But um, oh my god. So, and and uh and I, I am you know, I don't hate Dylan Morris. I think it's time for him to be put on the bench though and, and bring in Sam Heward, but that's a different conversation. But um the point is is like it's almost like there's this intentional gaslighting going on and if your athletic director is talking like that in such glowing terms about a head coach that is obviously failing on all fronts, there was somebody and I wish I could remember who it was on the boards. They gave him uh they gave the the report card for Jimmy and it was F's all across the board on every aspect of coaching except for false bravado in which he got an A. <laughs> um, <laughs> um and you know, it it's true. So um and, and yet I feel like we're being gaslit as a as a fan base. Um, and, and then on top of that, in that same article, Jen Cohen uh, said that her number one concern uh, at, o- over everything, her number one overarching concern about the program right now was that people who claim to be Husky fans, their negativity <laughs> is hurting the confidence of the players and is ruining their college experience. <laughs> and yeah. That's her. She she her actions have destroyed the football program and have destroyed the bas- men's basketball program, and we don't want to salvage them from the uh, the septic tank of the the bottom of the conference. No, the number one concern is fans out there that uh, claim to be fans that uh, their negativity is ruining the college experience for these young men, and to that I say fuck that, and it's it's insulting, and and if. It, if she's free to say that, then I have to assume that there's absolutely no pressure coming from above her, um, and no. and we're 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 in trouble. No, we've talked about that. The president's not; she's not going anywhere. We've we've talked about that. She's not going anywhere. She's I don't know. She's gonna she's gonna ride she's gonna ride the coattails of like Heather Tarr. Just like save her job, and even though she never hired, she never hired Heather Tarr. That's a good line. Look, look what the fast pitch team has done under my watch. So, I think I think didn't she? Uh, okay, so she she never hired. Uh, 
I think it was Woodward that hired Mike Neighbors, right? The women's coach that took him to the Final Four? I think so, yes. Okay, so then he leaves and she hires uh, somebody else. Um, I can't even remember the person's name, but they got fired within like three years, right? I mean, it was so yep. bad. It tanked so bad. Now they're they're on to their new coach on first or second season. I can't remember. COVID's fucked me up year year wise and season wise, and uh, yeah, she's she's just promoted Jimmy bad. Uh, hired Hopkins turns out to be really really bad this, this season. Wolf. Man, I'm 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 really glad I'm not too uh, invested into the basketball program, but because man, what a rough 2021-2022 season it would be for a you know football and basketball fan. Jesus. No, and then you talked about the. Uh... The uh, the revenue that comes into the athletic department, I don't have the exact numbers, but I know that if the football team is roughly generating 85% and men's basketball is probably somewhere around 7%, so that's the 92% roughly, and you're, you're, sure. you're, you're, two, you're two big things that bring in the money, and, and she's destroyed them, so... And instead of making yeah. changes, and, and in her fairness, in fairness to Jen Cohen, uh, you know, fiscally, she may not have been in a position to do something about the. Um, I'm forgetting the guy's name now, but the basketball coach, <laughs> uh, Hopkins. Um, Hopkins. Thank you. Um, it, so I, I don't. I don't know. I, I want to be fair, obviously, with my assessments and stuff. But um, but this whole thing about everything's okay, and we're you know, he's like, oh, we're gonna roll up our sleeves and get back to the fundamentals, and meanwhile, everybody's transferring out and. Um, Likewise, I'm not so emotionally invested in the basketball team either, so it's not going to be as hard on me as it will be a lot of the people on Hardcore Husky who are very invested in it and want to see it do well and, and, and support it financially. Historically, they do. Um, so it's um, it's just bleak. But we're here to we're here to talk about football, and um, you know, I think we can all see what's going to happen. Is that you know uh, Donovan will get fired at the end of the year? They'll bring in some retread from somewhere, and and then they'll try to gussy it up as uh, you know we're, we're going forward. It's going to be a new look and everything, and then we're going to have to wade through a you know another five and seven kind of season next year if we're lucky. Um, by yeah. the way, Heather Tars in her, according to Wikipedia, Heather Tars in her fifteenth season. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so we yeah. are not the softball authority here. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Wood, Woodward did hire Woodward did hire Mike Neighbors. So okay. So I I, I actually, that up for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I actually watched a couple of those games when they were in the tournament there with. Um, What's her name that went on to San Antonio? <laughs> I don't know her name either. Uh, yeah, Kelsey, Plum. Um, Kelsey, Kelsey Plum. Thank you very much. That was a fun, um, that was a little a fun bit. team. Yeah, it, it was enjoyable. So, well, I think we've made a good segue into well, women's hockey <laughs> sports. <laughs> the real, what we all really want to talk about. <laughs> 
Um, I don't know. I, I know, like you know, as we were saying right before we hit record and started the show, the pressure's on today because Purple Vase is looking forward to this podcast, and we need to deliver. <clears throat> but uh, I, I, to be honest with you, I don't know what else to say at this point. Um, if we're just going to be completely honest, I don't want to sit here and, and likewise, I don't want to be trying to gaslight things and and, uh, and make a big giant Broadway production out of something. I mean, there's just there's not a lot of there there. Uh, we're we're a week below average team, and with the recruiting that's going on right now, we're about ready to go off the cliff. And um, without changes, we'll be lucky to maintain a Minnesota level of status. So, yeah, I don't know if you I guys mean, so, go ahead. I mean, yes, there's not too much to say. Uh, that hasn't already been said, and that's kind of the worst. That's kind of the worst thing. I don't know if you guys saw the uh, the recruiting. Uh, you know, the coaches hit the recruiting trail hard uh, during the bye week. <laughs> uh, did did you did you see the picture of? Okay, they it was Jimmy and John Don stopped by a high school, and uh, um, they took a picture with a with a coach. Uh, who was wearing Crocs? Pretty, <laughs> uh, pretty odd, odd, odd behavior. I don't know if that's a guy I'd want to hang out with. Anyways, uh, so I thought, okay, why is the head coach? The head coach has to travel with the offensive coordinator because he doesn't trust the offensive coordinator. So what I, you know, if he had an offensive coordinator that enjoyed recruiting or liked recruiting. He wouldn't need the head coach to uh, be looking over his shoulder while they're recruiting. So, hmm. A, John Donovan doesn't like recruiting. B, can't recruit. You know, and C, door ass out. Like, <laughs> he, admit, he admitted as much, like, in his opening like in his opening press conference or or one of his opening interviews. Like, he he didn't enjoy the recruiting aspect as much as the coaching aspect. And it was like, what, why would you admit that? (laughs) (laughs) Why would you openly admit that? Right. When you get hired. And one thing that I uh, also took from that photo and, and the little caption, um, because I think it was a tweet that was put out by the coach. You're talking about that one, right, Joey? Right. Okay. Yeah. And the way that it was worded, and if I'm wrong, I apologize to Jimmy Lake and John Donovan. The way that he worded that, the way that the coach worded it, it was very much like I've been in this position. I've been coaching kids for 76 years or whatever, and uh, rarely do you meet somebody as wonderful as Jimmy Lake. You know, it's like, okay. <laughs> did, did, did Jimmy? Did Jimmy ask for a little favor there? You know. I'm sure he's a That's good the way guy. I could, it, I'm sure oh, he's sure. a good guy. I'm I'm sure I'm sure the kids want to play for Jimmy. I don't think they want to play for his coaching staff. I think his coaching staff sucks. You know. So you're implying there then if the if the if the assistant staff was completely revamped going into 2022, then mentally you would be prepared to start with a, a fresh slate and, and give Jimmy a full chance again. Well, I mean, maybe a full year. He's not getting fired. I mean, right. 
But I'm, I, I'm talking I mean, about where you would be fired. psychologically. Well, I mean, <laughs> psychologically, I'm always, <laughs> I'm always just ready to jump. But <laughs> uh, if uh, you know, if they're not going to fire him, then what? You know, what would I'm trying to think of what what I would want? You know, as as the alternative option, and it's like, well, he's got to he's got to completely get rid of his staff and start over. He's got to do what Sark did with his, you know, with his defensive staff. Like this is not working. I gotta, I gotta make a big bold move. You know. Yeah, we went from uh, where he in that when when Sark first arrived at Washington in two thousand nine, and if you guys remember that press conference where he was sitting next to. Nick Holt, and then proclaiming that Nick Holt was the greatest defensive coordinator in America. <clears throat> and then you fast forward three years later, and we're giving up 900 yards to Baylor, and uh, and then he gets fired. Um, so awesome. Well, Nick all right. Holt, awesome. 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 That's the best thing Nick Holt. Best thing Nick Holt ever did was call. Uh, Rice Eccles Stadium, a nice little stadium on the radio. <laughs> condescending, condescending low blow. <laughs> I seem to recall we won that game that year, too. You still yeah, had it Utah. set up. Yeah. So... Well, I, I don't want to prolong the agony. Well, it's not that this podcast is agony, but, I mean, uh, it's the wrong way to put it. But uh, I don't want to prolong things if we really don't have a lot to say. Uh, so I guess we could conclude if you guys have any uh, uh, remaining thoughts or final thoughts. Yeah, I'm officially shot. I don't really have much to say. You know, if we, we, had were... good, uh, we had a good time on the bus. That's always the best part of the game now. <laughs> About it, yeah. You know what? I, I know I'm not uh, I'm not uh, with you guys uh, like pregame or whatever, but it might be good to do the the podcast before the game. Yeah, now we can switch to that. <laughs> so, there would be some optimism. Yeah. There would be some. Uh... Yeah. Yeah, it would be fun the pre pregame uh, for at the Oregon. No, that would be. So, I guess final question for both of you, and then we'll wrap up. Do you guys uh, 100% expect a victory over Arizona, or is there any chance of a loss? I feel like it's 100% in the bag. Uh, It should be, but the fact that I have any sort of doubt is very scary, given what did Arizona lose, like 34-0 to Colorado. Uh I mean, yeah, they, that should be an automatic win. Uh, I mean, to me, the question is, can they beat? It's more almost more of can they beat Stanford because Stanford's not good. Uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's a question mark. It's like ninety five percent to me that, that they beat Arizona. I'm I'm terrified. <laughs> I'm terrified of this game. <laughs> Because I know, because I know nobody's going to be held accountable. So, uh, you know, I've lost to Arizona and being two and five is just going to be. I mean, the the only way, the only way I think anything gets even 
remotely solved is if just the fans quit showing up. But um, I don't know. I'd I'd probably be at 90 or 95 percent like you guys on a, a win versus Arizona. But I'm man, I wouldn't I wouldn't bet uh, anything important I have, which is not very much. So I wouldn't bet anything important that I have on that on that game being a win. It's not looking, I don't know, not looking great. Well, I, and I don't, I don't care about Stanford's record. I'm, uh, I don't want to say I'm terrified of them, but I'm wary <laughs> of them because it's like, you know, Shaw will get that smirk going and they'll get the uh, the off tackle going and. No, they're not beating and, uh, Stanford. Yeah, Stanford's running for Stanford's running for 275 yards. They're going to throw for 112, and they're going to win 24 to 10. You know, you know what it is. There'll be a slow bloodletting. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. It, it'll be it'll be just like last night with Stanford. But worse. It'll be like mm. yeah, but worse. Yeah. By the way, I just saw Keith Taylor make a tackle for the Panthers. Um, Maybe that could be the the title of our episode. (laughs) Taylor makes a tackle. Well, I mean, well, I I mean, he, you know, it's he's one of those players that uh, the Seahawks just continue to annoy me with. It's like you you can draft him. It can be easy. There could be a guy right in the right in your town that you you know could play for you. And now now he's all the way across the country, and he's you know, playing on, on the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> Anyways. So, yeah. All right, guys. That's, well, that's a, that's a, that's an eight hour pod. on My frustrations with the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, hopefully, uh, I was going to say, uh, you know, uh, brighter times are ahead, but uh, I can't really say that with uh, authenticity, but, at the very least, we will beat Arizona next week, and we'll be three and four, and talking about Oregon. So, uh, all right. Well, uh, so I'll talk to you guys next week. All right. All right. Sounds good. Hey. Thank you for listening to the Hardcore Husky Podcast. This show is copyrighted material. In other words, stop plagiarizing our shit, fuckos. So please tell a friend and rate us five stars on iTunes, especially you cheap bastards who don't donate. It's the least you could do. Yeah, I'm looking at you, creepy coog. And come join our fun at over at hu- hardcorehusky.com. We've got Husky Football, Yellow Snow's Record Shop, and our notorious Tug Tavern, which is, which is a shit show of politics and strange nudes. And if you enjoy yourself and are ready for the next level of cyber peyote, peyote come join Swain's Wigwarm. <laughs> I'm going to have to read this over. Swain's Wigwam, yeah. Swain's Wigwam at Navajo Nation's gift to college football. It's also the official private club of hardcore Huskies. We're talking boobs, guns, and inside information, all for the low, low fee of $129 a year. Come join the fun. <laughs> I'll have to read that one, but...